We are here, Sir Roderick, and safely. That is all that truly matters. Hello, and welcome to 2C1C, a Game of Thrones living card game podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brad Zeiler. These days, my co-hosts may differ, but we're generally pulling from at least some familiar core of voices. Many thanks go out to Fantasy Flight Games, George R. Martin, Card Game DB, and Josh Woodward for the CC licensed music you're hearing now. This is Season 5. Regional season's here. Woohoo! I mean, hold on. Okay. No one else is here. Episode 202 of Two Champs and a Chump. I think we really ought to clarify that to begin with. How appropriate. We got our first real 2.0 news in episode 202. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get nice. better than that. It's fortuitous, you might say. Get it? For Jesus two? Christ. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You can't, you can't really expect anything more out of me. By the way, I'm Will. I'm Aaron. And I'm Tommy. Alright. And no one's screaming Konnichiwa, bitches. Nobody's doing that. Right now. So, regionals. What's, uh, what's up there, then, Aaron? I'll let you actually get into it now. Uh, well, it's Dragon Pit and it's Quentin. Those have been the two big decks so far. I mean, Dragon Pit won a really big tournament earlier, so its win in New York can't be that big of a surprise. It's a really good deck. It's still stronger than I thought, given that I expected Lufin Apart to be kind of prevalent. How was New York in general? I know a lot of out-of-towners made it this year. Um, a lot of out-of-towners kind of always make it. It was a good tournament. I ended up top of Swiss with a HOD main deck. Um, and then I fell to Strom's, as I want to do. Ah, uh, yes. He's basically my Greg. Did it seem like a light field for Lannister? Um, there was a fair amount of Lannister. Uh, one Lannister made the cut. Like, there was an actual, actually a fair amount of basically everything but Martell. Martell really wasn't played in New York. Well, with Burn being a possibility. <laughs> well, no one expected really Burn. Like... New York has been, I mean, I don't want to say off-burn, because New York is never off-burn, but for New right. York, off-burn. That's funny. I, I was chatting with uh, one of the Canadians. Matt. It was Matt Gaiman. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was talking to Matt, and I was definitely warning him beforehand. I'm like, you know, be careful with the, with your build here. Do, do account for... Uh, for a little bit of burn, because New York is historically pretty heavy on the targ. Yeah, Kaiser and uh, Kaiser came up, and Hi, right. Chris, he's kind of the man. Kaiser and DC showed up with Burn, and we were just like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, I was slightly teched for it, but we really were like... They um, were just doing a little homage. Yeah, I guess, and then taking our prize home with them. That too. Pat Reynolds won New York twice in a row, so way to go, Pat. And, uh, I don't know. It was a good yeah. tournament, but Dragon Pit's better than I thought. I still don't think it's a big tournament. Um, 
like it sort of really relies on um, King's Landing to draw. So anything that can stop that is in really good shape. Or if it just doesn't see it, which is also a possibility, which is always like the nightmare when I play Dragon Pit for that season. If you don't see King's Landing by like turn three, you're just like, what do I do? I need cards. <laughs> and um, so it's got that whole King's Landing thing going. It's good if you can stop that, if you can keep it um, keep it frozen, keep it knelt, something, you're in pretty good shape. And uh, Quentin is back. Quentin is really good. People are crying again for bannings and restrictions and so on. I don't see it. I think Quentin's a really good meta call when no one's remembered to tech against it. But I think it's very, very easy to tech against if you know it's coming. It's always been good and consistent, but never broken, in my opinion. Consistent, I think, is really the key description of it. And you have to be good with it. Like, either really, really top players win with it, or people that play nothing but Quentin win with it. You can't, it's not like I just picked up a Quentin deck and all of a sudden I'm winning tournaments with it, you know? Yeah, totally. So, any other uh, regional excitement uh, so far? I know we're still fairly early in, in the uh, season at the moment. I mean, those over well, a little under two weeks from yours, right? Will? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna gonna be good over uh, Memorial Day weekend. So uh, I don't think we wound up uh, coming up with too crazy uh, of a name this year, but be prepared for much worshiping of the Lord of Light, uh, and we're gonna have a little cook fire, yeah, cookout bonfire thing at uh, Greg's house on Friday beforehand. So come check it out if you're available, guys. Should and be a good time. Yeah. And if you're on Planet my to be coast, there. What's that? Sorry, if you're on my coast, DC's got their original the same weekend. Yep, sure enough. So I'll be in DC because that's actually driving distance. Yeah, yeah I don't blame you. <laughs> between, between those two regionals going off, that'll be some healthy conversation following up those two weekends. Yeah, I those so. two tournaments. Okay. Well, on to what everybody really wanted to come listen to this week, right? We have preview cards. Well, to... spo- Do wait, I... no, I thought we were doing spoilers for 1.0 first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I was going to play it up and, you know, kind of joke with the listeners and get them all pumped for second edition and previews and stuff and then spring it on them that it's two Greyjoy cards out of the last chapter pack well, for first edition. Tr- but, you know, don't now tri- you Don't trick your co-hosts. <laughs> but where's the fun in not doing that? I don't know. Exactly. It's too many negatives for me to process. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure we just came around full circle with that many uh, negatives. Okay, well, let's talk about our sad, sad final chapter pack cards. Yeah, I mean, some of them may be pretty interesting. One of these I'm pretty excited about. The other one just seems to be a big, like, F you to certain types of decks. Um, so who who wants to well, go ahead? the one that you're excited about, Yeah. If you're if you're just interested in playing against a bunch of choke... Well, let's well get, I'm not sure I want to play against it, but I might want to play it. So here, it's it's uh, the the first of the two cards, so I'll, I'll go ahead and read it so the listeners know what we're talking about. This is the Iron King's Guard. It's a unique Greyjoy army and a raider. It's three costs, three strength, military and power icons. It has no attachments except weapon. And you increase the cost to play the first character played each round 
by two. I think this is going to be pretty vicious. I pretty much don't build Greyjoy decks without two captured cogs in them. Uh, with this guy around, I may go up to three, because winning that initiative battle and making your opponent go first uh, to eat that turn after turn after turn, I think that's really going to add up. I, It's not going to work. Unless you draw into it on setup, you're probably not going to get this benefit early game. It depends on how many copies of it you run. If I want to build, like, hard choke, I'm running two. No agenda. Maybe three of this guy. Yeah, but if you're running no agenda and you're running two and then you summon for him, he's not going off that turn. No, he's not. I mean, he's not, like, an instant uh, auto win. But he doesn't have negative traits that are going to hit him. He's in the house with the most saves. So if your opponent tries to pull off a kill that challenge phase, you've got options there. Um, I, th- I think he stands a good chance of having a very solid impact for you. He can be very good. The concern is, like, your first two plots, assuming you're going no agenda, are basically set in stone. You want summoned by the Conclave, and you want a time for Ravens. I mean, yeah, but I, I don't know. E- e- even if I'm going choke, like, I don't feel like my my entire game plan needs to re- revolve around getting this guy, like, first turn. Like, there's plenty of other cards. He just offers a really strong uh, option in that redundancy. Like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to waste my time and, and predictability and plots searching for him all the time, but would I run two, maybe three copies in the deck? Sure. I think he's a two-oven choke. I just don't think he makes that big of a difference because, like, I'd probably rather get the spar. Um, because that doesn't view matter it so much. first or second. The, the spar dies so much easier, though. I mean, it's a burn, really. Not to yeah. anything else. I mean, he dies easily to the one thing that Greyjoy can't really do much about. The Iron King's Guard is at least strength. More, uh, more durable there. Do what? But I, I feel like this guy's going to be really useful around turn three or four. But if your choke isn't in before that, usually it's too late to actually choke. Uh, maybe. I mean, you've still got the offensive valor options and stuff. Yeah. Or and even I really after view it so much. I wouldn't view it so much in the terms of I'd rather have the spar. It adds redundancy, like I think nice. Will said. And secondly, the the matchups that you're going to want to see this guy is when you're playing against something that has fast economy acceleration, so you can erase some of that. Mm. Like, I mean, if you have your captured cog or your river blockade and you have this guy, you're really, really turning them down. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. I think he's a nice tool. I just don't think that he automatically, like... I don't think he bumps Choke up a notch from where it is. I think Choke is a solid deck. I don't think it's really T1. I think it's a solid to good deck. I think he's a good piece to that deck. I just don't think that he takes it from a solid to good deck to a T1 like I want to take this to a tournament deck. We'll see how it shakes out. I would agree with that. What about the uh, the second of our two preview cards? I think you've got that one. Sure. I do. Oh, good. You no, want it? You no, got it's yours. It. I, don't I was going to say, I, th- I thought Tommy had it. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't even like it. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. It's uh, Iron Island Shipwright. It's a one-cost, one-strength, military and power icon Greyjoy character with the Ironborn trait. 
And the text is, while Iron, Born, I'm sorry, while Iron Island Shipwright is standing, cards cannot be moved out of opponents' discard and dead piles. I mean, sure. Like, it's interesting text. I mean, yeah. when Barra and A was rolling the world, maybe. Yeah. A couple, but I don't really see it now. I mean, it it also would have done a number on, say, the Infinite Loop Martell decks. Yeah, it, it was mean, a nice I, middle finger to to be a dragon. And right. Edmer is quite annoyed by this. I feel like this is a really reactive card that was designed when uh, a lot of that stuff was an issue, and in the meantime, it became enough of an issue that all of that had to be addressed one way or another through FAQ updates. Um, so it does actually, if, if the game was going to last another couple years, uh, I would kind of want to let the shipwright enter the meta and see if we could undo a little bit of the other FAQ level stuff. Um, but at this point, it's too little, too late. It's just kind of a big middle finger. Though it does also shut down some of the new clansmen stuff we just got, come to think of it. I mean, I'd totally yeah, play true. it if it were military intrigue. Yeah. Mil- Greyjoy is stacked at military power, one cost. Right. Like that's Ironborn trade's nice, though. Yeah, but is he going in over your boatswains? No, no. And is he going in over the... Uh, now I can't even think the of the names. No, Damp Harry Drowned. Yeah. So maybe I mean, the drowned. I don't know. Depending on the deck, you're giving up a one for two tricon. Yeah. I'm uh, I mean, it's not a guaranteed tricon. I've... I mean, if you build your deck well and you're playing Greyjoy, unless you're playing other Greyjoy, it's a tricon eighty percent of the time. Yeah. Sixty percent of the time works every time. Thanks. Um, I like this. Brian Fantana, nobody. We all got it. Okay, carry on then. I like this card significantly less than the other card because I don't okay. know what home this has. Yeah. Like, if a, if someone was just going to cancel your recursion anyway, it was Greyjoy. So just saying you cannot doesn't actually add enough. Yeah, it's it does seem kind of funny that this is the second card that they've gotten to kind of nerf that sort of thing. If it had. If it had slipped into another house uh, for some variety, then that would have been pretty awesome. Or at least potentially awesome. Yep. You know what would be... Yeah, that'd be way too powerful. You cannot play a card if you have another copy in your dead or discard pile. Oh, so well, like a, a non-unique, one-cost Baylor Black Tide? Yeah, that would be completely broken. <laughs> yes, that'd be that's fun. what I want in the last chapter pack, damn it. Combine that guy with the first guy that we just previewed. And, <laughs> and the game is over. Yep. It's e- eternal fear of winter. <laughs> Basically, yes. Oh, I want that to happen. Oh, well, I'm house-rolling that card. <laughs> if, I, if, if I win a Gen Con or Worlds, I'm going to make the last 1.0 card, and that's going to be it. Really, I don't want a 2.0 card. Can I just can we just, just special print one yeah. 1.0 give me, card? Give me a print on demand 1.0 card. Uh, that'd be really cool, actually. I really doubt they would do it. They didn't give the final um, 
Warhammer um, Invasion champ, uh, like a POD card or anything. They just got... Did, uh, did he ask for it? I don't know. I mean, if I was FFG, I would have offered it in that instance, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, we're killing your game. <laughs> oh. But. And, the, and then I remember Kid and Simone with their plots. Mm-hmm. Someone said somewhere or other that um, Nate said that all the champ cards are coming to 2.0. He did. Uh, or they get the chance to remake. At one point. Yeah. They were going to have to be tweaked and updated, but that he wanted to get them all back in. Very cool, except for Mira. Mira would have to be like 100% different, I think. Well, and we know there's going to be no Knights of the Hollow Hell. <laughs> Right, yeah. Wait, That's going to have to be radically oh, right. different, yeah. too. Influence. Huh. All right, this sounds like a conversation for another time. But well, It is a nice segue into second edition, however. And we suddenly have oh, yeah. a bevy of news. So much news, dear listeners, that we are going to split it into two parts. We are... Uh, Going to go ahead and address the uh, the intro article here from Nate and some of the things that he mentioned in the text, uh, and follow that up with an, uh, with our own little bit of special sauce at the end. And then next week we're going to dive into the glut of information in that amazing trailer video. All right, so let's start with plots because that's how a Game of Thrones game starts. Spoilers: 2.0 still starts the same way. I'm okay with that, but they are, don't operate quite the same. I mean, we already, already almost knew. entirely. Yeah, I mean, we already knew reserve was being added, and we can see an extra little number there on the card. That's got to be it. But the rules for the plots are being tweaked, and I love the tweak. Wait, what's the tweak? Did I miss the tweak? Yeah, you can you can play a second copy of one single plot in your plot deck. Oh, right, that's really cool. Yeah, because like in the CCG, and, and Nate mentions it here uh, in passing, like it used to be you could copy all of your plots if you wanted to, but it, it led to plot decks just being you know four plots, two copies of three of them, and then a fourth one to round things out, and it got kind of redundant. I mean, I like this as long as they still include, I'm assuming Valar is turning up, if not immediately, then... Immediately thereafter, I still say the game is balanced around it. I don't. I bet not enough of it has changed for it to be absent. I mean, I want Valar. I like Valar's concept. I don't want this to turn into a pure aggro game. And I think Valar is an invaluable tool to make intrigue matter, right? And to ensure that. But I mean, whatever. That's like we've beaten that topic to death, right? Um, we have. But what as, about like, the certain, single certain, extra copy? Wait, but certain plots have to have, like, limit one per plot deck. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure okay. if they reprint Valor, it'll still have that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly... My first thought was, if I'm running two Valars, my Knights of the Hollow Hill style decks are going to be winning a lot. Yeah. I like the ability to repeat one, though. Yeah. It, it gives you, even with no agenda, you can really make a good, cohesive, theme-oriented yeah. deck. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, and just the unpredictability of plots like it keeps that alive for longer into the game. Wonder oh, certainly. Let's double up. 
I won a recent tourney game by bluffing that I had a second power of blood for like three turns. <laughs> and yeah. When there when there was no second power of blood. So like anytime I can do anything cool like that and it becomes more about the players than just the cards that you happen to stick in the deck, I'm all for it. Yeah, because that's going to be every game. That with that one on Tommy's point about being able to build theme, like power of faith in first edition right now lets you build to that theme by doubling up, like extending that to virtually any plot effects they've got is going to be pretty sweet. Yep. Yep. Can we talk for a minute about the plot that's staring at us here, though, in the article? The, the one that has Nate's head on a pike? Is that Nate's head? Are you oh, sure? Look at the picture. That's super Nate. Really? I don't know. Look at that picture. You sure that doesn't resemble anybody else? That's Nate. Who do you think it, it is? I think that bears I a strong resemblance it was him. to me. Look at that. No, that's Nate. That's, it that's, is not even a little The goatee and the dark hair, the kind of olive skin tone. Except for how it's Nate. I it's agree. Nate. I didn't look for it before. It is definitely him except now. That for I, how, except for how I don't... Gre- Greg's the one who noticed it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, Greg posted it on my status on Facebook immediately. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. He's pretty tight with Nate. Yeah. And, like, then Adam uh, Bones, like, edited, edited it to be, like, perfect on uh, He Got Cards because he has way too much free time. <laughs> Even though he won't play a game with any of us, you know, he has all this free time to edit Nate's face onto things. He just that's what he's doing. He's just sitting around editing and on all sorts of stuff. You should see the wall at his house. It's amazing. Uh just throwing shade at Adam. Um Yeah. Heads on pikes. So itself. the chicken little corpse are back out for the heads on pikes card. <laughs> really? Why? Because the sky is falling. The sky is falling. This is gonna have to be restricted. You can win military intrigue and power in the plot phase, it breaks the game. I mean Maybe. Except that we don't know anything about the game yet. You're so sort of down. winning one intrigue. The other two are pretty conditional. I mean, okay, here's where it is powerful. We know from the video and, I don't know, stuff, that we have, like, big, heavy, high-cost characters, right? And we've seen quite a couple plot. well, quite a few plots now, and they seem to be in the same general gold vicinity, maybe one or two more than they were in 1.0. Yeah. Um, Dude, four six one is great stats in one though. I, yeah, I'm not disagreeing, but when you have seven gold guys, that means unless there's like a shit ton of gold locations, you're not playing your seven gold guy turn one or two, right? Right. If you're not playing your seven gold guy turn one or two, and you're building some kind of strategy around them, heads on pikes is a powerful card. Yes. No. I yeah. can see it. However, I, I don't I think, think it's even a good card just in opener. I mean, I don't know if you open with it. Like, I don't know what openers are, and you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, but I, in, I don't know. I'm still going off of first edition. This would be a turn two card. Yeah, yeah, probably most of the time. You know, and from from what we know of reserve, that might make the turn two even stronger. Exactly. And they're gonna have they're gonna have to play some stuff out because they have the reserve value. They're not gonna right. be able to afford to play their most expensive stuff. Right. So you have a reasonable shot at taking something expensive out, getting a couple powers, and so on. It's a good card. Like it's a card I can see running. It's also not a card I would probably run two of, however. Really? I could see myself doing that. Like like I I look at this and I think about like, say, Greyjoy or Stark in first edition, where I think I would really love a a couple uh like free intrigue claims against other decks. 
whenever, I mean, you were around earlier in 1.0 than I am, so I'm obviously, like, coming from a different place. Sure. But I want my powerful control effects to be my double plot as a general rule of thumb. And maybe that's just play style. But I feel like, like, I would, like, in, and I'm going to keep using 1.0 as an example because I feel like it's the easiest way to do things. No, like it's I, all we've, well, not all, but it's the best we've got right now. Right. I'm, I'd be less likely to run two um, retaliations than I'd be to run two first snows. Mm, probably. And I, and I know that depends on the deck. Right, it does. But also, I'm betting, I don't know for sure, but I'm betting they've probably dialed the effects of plots back a bit, because I think that was a pretty common complaint in, about first edition, wh- about the control plots just taking over. Well, and if you look at the core set plots from 1.0, there weren't mega powerful plots in the core set outside of, of course, Valor. And I think Blockade for the right deck and the right time period of the game was also there. Yeah, I think it's really good, but I think that that's, again, kind of good player tax, kind of niche. Yeah. Yeah, um... I don't know. I like powerful plots. I don't. I mean, I like powerful control plots. I like powerful aggro plots. I was never one of the people who had any problems with negotiations. I like if you get seven of them and no more than seven, and you can play them once around, and we don't do plot cycling nonsense. I want plots to be like game changing. I want multiple plots that just by playing this, the board is turned upside down. I think that's the point of plots, and that's the point of like. Like, the plot game is the one spot where variants shouldn't matter. But to your point, you're saying that you want plots to be a big, huge effect, right? We don't know what the the meta and the state of 2.0 is going to be. If it is, you know, everyone's saying that it's going to be much more focused on characters, the main characters, challenges, that kind of thing. If it is big, expensive characters, then this could be hugely impactful. Oh, yeah. So, it's good. It's good to very good. Is it... Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I don't think it'll break the game, because... Like, if... um, The reserve values you've seen have been in the vicinity of six, yes? Want to look through... Well, in that video, we saw quite a a spread. But, I mean, you saw from three to seven. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll detail it some more, but, yeah, we could definitely see that. Okay. I mean... Assuming, I guess that's a really powerful early play, right? You do a three reserve plot turn one. Wait, that your reserve only affects you, right? Not your opponent? I would assume so. I don't just, know how Just like your own gold and claim and everything. Yeah. That would be really freaking cool, wouldn't it? Like, you're, set your opponent's reserve value to three. Move on. I don't know I guess how they would that, would, that if they're uh, printing on every single plot. And that yeah. destroys intrigue. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, it like... Would, there's no point in intrigue at that point. Though I guess I could see them making a plot that said, adjust your opponent's yeah, lower reserve I, value I, to whatever. Yeah. True. I mean, at this point, like, this is more powerful depending on what your opponent plays as a reserve value turn one. If they have six cards in hand and one is that powerful character... Killing that is still very powerful, but it's not exactly... The odds are not in your favor. But I thought the odds were ever in your favor. Uh, wrong. Oh, my God. Wrong, uh, <laughs> wrong set of stuff. 
books. Yeah. Franchise, that's the word. Wow, I'm tired. Yeah, boy, I can tell. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, reserve value is going to be interesting, though. It's going to complicate things. It's it's going to make decisions about what to play pretty tough, I think. I like that. I like decision points. I like things that aren't random. Right. I, I also like having things that are not exact translations from 1.0 that's going to give, you know, veteran players like Will like real things to reconsider about the way that they make decks, the way that they make choices. It's going to make this whole experience feel very fresh. I like yeah. that. So what do we think about too. What do we think about these high cost characters? Um, I'm I'm intrigued. I mean, I as we've seen even with, you know, some armies and stuff in first edition, if you make the payoff good enough, they're playable. I mean, even it's before a loop and a part hit Viper's Bannerman was eminently playable. So, I mean, either they're going to have to really redo the gold curve, or we're going to have to have a lot of, like, uber power cards. Do you foresee there being, you know, the the weenie rush strategy? Because if you're investing a whole bunch of your economy in putting out just one card, are you going to put yourself into a corner against a deck that can throw three or four out there? I mean, I think that's probably still possible, judging by what we can see uh, about things with, like, claim on the plots. See, but that would be a really, like, three smaller characters, unless that one effect is literally, like, it it almost has to be a standing effect at that point, right? To get, like, multiple characters worth of that one guy. Because otherwise, three guys can win three challenges. Your one guy can only choose what one. Right. It's going to be tough to balance. It's going to be a, a whole other thing to reconsider, just like the reserve value, I think. Yeah. There is one character who is definitely definitely seems worth it, at the very least. Oh, yeah? You tell. You t- you talking about Jon Snow? Yep, Jon Snow. Yeah, you can see him in the, in the video. Um, I got the text right here. Um says that he is a six-cost Intrigue icon with four strength, bastard and steward, no attachments except weapon. While Jon Snow is standing, he is considered to be participating in each challenge in which you control another attacking Night's Watch character. Like that speaks That's to my participating in different challenges idea, right? Well, a yeah. lot, but you still need the other characters to actually initiate the challenge, though. So he's, but he's like but half regardless of icon. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. And it's passive. It's entirely passive. Yeah, just plus four so strength death challenge. I mean, yeah. Well, every attacking like, challenge that is. If we, if well, we have even any... even better strength, because it, anything that requires multiple characters to be participating, anything that gives multiple guys renown, anything like that, he is just taking... Taking advantage of that as well. Right. I mean, unless there was something like, say, um, lethal counterattack. That that a type of effect could be a, a problem for him. Yeah, that would hurt. But, I mean, imagine the first edition Longclaw on him, right? Gives him renown. He participates in every challenge. Like, okay. 
Uh, I would be, yeah. He should be able to get, gather power fast. Like, I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to playing with the Night's Watch, but, defin- but I'm definitely looking forward to it more than I was before this. I definitely thought it was pretty cool that the artwork they chose for it is the one that was on the old Jon Snow sleeves. It's pretty we gorgeous. We never saw a card. Yeah, they've that. been yeah. sitting on it. I'm a fan of this card. This is, like, exactly the kind of effect I want to see. If we're, there's a tent pole, that's a tent pole you can build around. Yeah. Like, and that's what Jon Snow should be. He's immediately better than every Jon Snow in first edition. Like, it doesn't even matter what else he do, what else there is. Like, Would you play him at six cost in first edition? Uh, No. No, because every other Night's Watch character is terrible in first edition. That's a good point. So it's assuming like, that the other Night's Watch characters are passable. In you know second. what? Like, in Lannister, I might. Like, in Lannister or Stark, if he was in first edition, I might. Maybe. For six goals? I mean, it's close. It's not a no. Yeah. I mean, it's probably still a no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. So he gives yeah, us a cool. you know, window into the rest of these cards. I think we're going to... Uh, someone's been kind enough to take a lot of screen caps here from the the trailer. Uh, so there are a lot of cards and things to talk about, but I think we're going to dig into the, the specifics of them next time. Right, let's go to Any the next... Quick hitters on it before we move on? Let's go to the next big mechanic. Yeah. Banner of the Stag, or Banner of the yeah. Whatever. You can just use an agenda to include non-loyal whatever in uh, your deck, as long as you have at least 12 of that house. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Uh, I I mean, I think we'd, we already knew they were doing something like Conquest, so this kind of explains uh, how that works. Though, is anyone else really bugged at the way it says agenda on that little bitty scroll off to the right? Nope. It just makes the card feel really lopsided. Doesn't bother me. What does bother me is the must include at least twelve barrow cards in your deck. I don't like deck building restrictions like that that are easy to cheat. If I have eleven, it, I mean, is that ever noticing ever? Oh, how are you going to cheat? Oh, I, I mean, gotcha. to it requires deck checks. I don't like things that require I, deck checks. I mean, Aaron, you know the rules of the game uh, basically do that. Like, if I wanted to go to run fifty-five cards every time. Well, yeah, yeah, or even just like 58, who's who's ever going to notice? Or I decide, you know what, in my Lanny NA, I'm actually going to run four money lenders and four Castellans or something. Like, who's actually going to notice it? I mean, people will notice that kind of thing, like if you're running four of a card. I got burned by that at a tournament. I won't mention any details about it, but I I caught somebody playing for uh, Harry the Riverlands against me. Yeah, Jesus I mean Christ. that Jesus Christ, Kyle. That is more likely to be caught. <laughs> it was not Kyle. Sure, yeah, it wasn't. Play, playing fifth, just under six. All Kyle dollars. plays is Stark uh, Stark Dark Wings. Remember? Uh, yeah, only one event per. <laughs> he was playing for Harry's in that deck. Extra cheating, obvious. No, uh, I think I know who it was, but let's move on. <laughs> but I mean, in general, I really like like this. Just opens things wide up, and the fact that it actually like is an agenda 
uh, I think means that things are even more open like going forward as far as the total variety of decks we can see. Though I, I am going to miss the ability to just splash a random out-of-house you know, Widow's Whale or something. Um, yeah. It both opens and closes deck building, but I don't know. I think I'm for it anyway. Like I don't like. I've never really liked rainbow houses. I built them just to like see if I could. Mm-hmm. But I've never really liked rainbow decks. I feel like that's very against the idea of the game. I like that this adds a bit of structure to that. Well, I guess the question is: Do you like this better than the treaties from 1.0? Do you yes. like it better than conquest? I'm not sure. Much, really better, much better. Much better. Because I really did dig conquest. Conquest opened up so many cool ideas. I liked conquest a lot myself. But, I mean, are, did you ever really make a deck that you were so much under 12 cards that you couldn't have done it? I, I mean... What do you mean? Like, with your supporting house. Were, were you ever so far from 12 cards in the conquests that you made? Yeah, like, you bothered to make a conquest, but there were only three out-of-house cards in it or something. I mean, yeah. I'm totally going to check that literally this minute. I mean, because if you did, that deck probably did not need to be Conquest. Uh, the, my Targ to Lenny is probably the least I've ever run. And the, the Targ to Lenny that I played, I was at like 9 or 10, something like that. Anyone? I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, you kind of have seen this in Conquest if you follow that at all. Some factions, more so than others, are lead houses, and some are, you know, support ones. I wonder if the same dichotomy is going to develop in Thrones. Yeah, I'm running nine. Yeah, possibly. But the fact that you can just split that up anyway in Thrones instead of having the wheel is... Yeah. I I think will help with that a lot. I was running nine Lanny cards. Yeah, I mean, it it wouldn't be impossible (laughs) for you to find three more, and drop them in. Your fiancé yeah. is sending me pictures of you podcasting while, while making funny faces. Just thought you should know. Ah, so that's what she was hiding <laughs> from me on her phone. I turned around to take a drink, and she, like, jumped and, like, hit it. And I was like, oh, a- extra, extra hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Candid photos. By the way, we'll be posting these in the comments of the article. So you're outstanding. <laughs> Damn it, I knew I should have gotten dressed to podcast tonight. Uh, well, everyone gets naked, Will. Yep. Hot bastards. So, let's see. What else uh, do we have to address here? Um, The art is killer. Yeah, I love the art. Goodness. It's so much better. Yeah, even just, like, the, the layout of the plot, I think, looks so sharp. The new... Like icons for the the stats on it all look sharp. I'm a little worried about what I assume has to be reserved in the corner in red. That it's gonna kind of get lost over there, though. It's I don't know. I why is it not just up on the row with everything else? Um. Yeah. Because they like the classic design. I mean, they could have stuck it even like on the title bar. On the right-hand side, and it still would have... Looked. Well, but we'll think about this, right? Anybody that's a new player 
is not preconditioned to look for their stats there, so they're just going to be like, okay, cool, I look for that there. And new uh, returning players well, are... They're not preconditioned, say, but all of the other stats are up there. Like, why, no, I get it. why it makes not sense. consolidate? I just don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Hopefully. I don't know. It just... But it also just to me doesn't draw attention the same way that the uh, the 3D icons like with the beveling and true. everything. How often draw are older students. players? How often are all us older players going to completely forget to check reserve? Oh, I. It'll 100%. happen a lot. <laughs> and I and I guarantee you, I'll still be counting three for draw cap for like years. Yeah. Someone's going to draw their fourth card and be like, no, and then we're like, wait. Yep. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and how about the templating for the attachments? That's uh, pretty sweet, uh, huh? Um, oh yeah, yeah, because we could see that in the in the video. Yeah, the oval uh, shape doesn't look too bad. You can see it. Well, I like that the name's at the bottom, right? So you put it underneath your character, and you see the name and the text. Yeah, opposite from how I normally do it, but I mean, I can understand why they did. Well, but you usually do things wrong. Fair. I, I would do it the same way that you do, Will, where you just have the name shown at the top. Yeah. But I think that this is this is better if you're starting from scratch, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, text box is probably good. It'll be hard to get used to, but... Longclaw looks ridiculously cool. Yeah. The picture from yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, the art on this stuff just looks gorgeous. Right, oh, hey, and speaking of, what do you guys think of the new card back that we can see as well? This kind of like like tome looking thing with the oh, Iron yeah. Throne on it. I think I like it, but that's gonna take me that's gonna take a lot of getting used to. I like it because now I won't think like I'm grabbing cards from one point You know what I mean? Yeah. Though looking at them sitting out here and all, uh in the little sample board they've got, I really wish they'd taken the opportunity to give plots a different card back. Yeah, I could see that. I mean Things will be Probably sleeved off. anyway. Yeah. Uh, so let's move along a little bit. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say this one last thing before sure. we do though. I'm, I'm so depressed about the art on the Winds of Winter that it's the Fear of Winter art. Oh, <laughs> is it really? I didn't notice that. That is depressing. Because will, that's gonna mess with that, my head. Yeah. No, and it's gonna remind me every time that I don't have Fear of Winter anymore. <laughs> And then Will will get an erection. Yeah, I'm going to be super the, excited about that. And it's the same damn stats, too. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. What a slap in the face. Oh, man. Yep. So, All right, Aaron, go ahead. <laughs> last thing before we get to our spoiler. Gold for events. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can see it all over the cards from the video. Like, everything. Are, do we like that? I mean, with the characters being really expensive, are events going to be the new attachments? It's possible. It might be tough to scare those up because, I mean, I I bet you, what, eight times out of ten, if I have to make the choice between playing an event or getting more characters on the board, I'm probably going to lean towards getting the character down. I mean, especially given that, like, Characters seem important. It seems like you're gonna like if you're gonna right. play big guys, that every extra guy to protect them is gonna be huge. Yep. Does it make zero cost events super awesome? And does it make any oh, yeah. events that you have to pay for just mega effects? I mean, to, yeah, to pay for an event, it's gonna have to be um, 
that's going to have to be like Red Vengeance. Hmm. Well, I was going to yeah. say, if you take that, it back to 1.0 it. terms, would you pay a gold for Harry of the Riverlands? Yeah. I mean, if if I if I had to pay four or five gold for a Castellan, maybe not. Yeah, I think it's going to really cause an em- emphasis. Like, a lot of cards, like events, that is, get played in first edition that are not worth a full card for their effect. Um, but if you're spending gold as well um, for these things... I think you're you're going to want them to have actual board impact and net you uh, card advantage or at, at least parity after you play them somehow. Yep. And to the spoiler. Yeah. Hey, we've we have our very own exclusive preview card uh, from Second Edition. It's a plot, and just like normal, it's going to go up a little bit after our episode uh, airs so that folks kind of listen and check it out. And I have to say the art on it, uh, despite being a reuse, I think, isn't it, uh, looks gorgeous. If it's a reuse, it's recolored and retouched yeah, that's, in a really nice way. I, I was going to say, I think they really tweaked the colors on it. Like, um, And it looks zoomed in a little bit more. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the little bit of depth added by the guy looking and the cape looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It just it looks fantastic. Really up in the contrast on that stuff adds so much. So since everyone's yelling. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what is it? Oh can I, right. can I read it? Can I read it? I think it's read these other spoilers. Oh yeah. Man, I should have made you read one of the first dead spoilers and I should have said Alright, lay it on us. It is a four oh one plot that is gold. Initiative and claim, just like always. Should you throw in another stat at the end of that it, now? It'll it'll come, but you, we got to wait and explain. And the bottom corner, it says seven. That is the reserve value. That is, as far as we can tell, a pretty high reserve value. The plot is summons. It's a kingdom plot, and plots have traits. When revealed, search the top ten cards of your deck for a character. Reveal it, add it to your hand, shuffle your deck. I like it. Um, summoned by the Conclave is one of the most powerful things in 1.0. Like, it might be the most powerful, unrestricted card that's not the Red Viper. Mm, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is a good card. Well, Valar, the Red Viper, but, like, it's really strong. <laughs> Wintertime and, Potters. Uh, uh, this is um, the is, <laughs> some, some by the Conclave is way stronger than Wintertime Marauders, and it's right there with Harry. Probably have it a little ahead. Um... I don't know. Giving that ability, whether you have an agenda or not, no matter what, you just go get whatever guy within the top ten cards is really good. Well, looking at it in context with the guy that we just looked at, Jon Snow, I mean, if I'm playing a Night's Watch deck, I definitely want to make sure that he's on the board. Yeah. Yeah, if you're building your deck around a couple big characters, this card is a must-play. It's interesting that it only searches the top ten cards. It, I really feel like... Ever since even the CCG days, they've really been dialing search down, like over and over. Like the summons from the base set of the CCG had essentially these same stats, but just let you search your deck for a character, the whole deck. But um, and then but it, in like, the LCG, it was you and an opponent, right? Yeah, one-sided searches a million times. And better. and now we get it down to one-sided, but now it's only the top ten cards. It's like they keep. 
keep going. Nah, like no, medium. on second thought, uh, that was that was too much. Well, I think I'd rather have it be ten cards than give it to my opponent. Agreed, hundred percent agreed. Um, hey, well, what was the initiative on the heads on pikes, Aaron? Six. Yeah. So uh, I'll Big go first. Your, I'll go first. Your plot first, and then you go get somebody. I get lucky, pull it, and you wasted a plot. Oh yeah. Yep. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> However, that's going to require some luck most of the time, and even more than just requiring luck. Um, no, really, just requires luck. Like, you, they might pull another character. They might pull that guy. There's lots of ways that can go. Mm-hmm. And we're and we're also assuming that um, initiative and what order plots happen is the exact same thing as it was, and we don't really have an indication. Yeah, that. that's true. Like I was immediately be. thinking of. Good. I was immediately thinking of it as a counter to the heads on pikes because you'd be able to then as check your you top ten cards, you know. Yeah. Make sure that it's not on the top. Yeah, that could work too. But with the lower initiative, that's not going to work out. Yeah. I mean, everything's higher than zero, right? I mean, yes, that's how numbers work. Thanks. I'm an English guy. You got help. <laughs> Technically, I'm an English guy too, <laughs> Mister oh Bank. God. Yeah, so, I like summons. I think that summon by the conclave is huge. Therefore, I think this will be at least very good and slot into many, many decks. Oh yeah, it's going to be everywhere. This it's is a good candidate sure. double. I think. Like, I, and I like that this is an evergreen card. I like that this just exists. Yep. Well, tune in next week for even more second edition goodness. Now I think we've got props and slops. All right. I want to prop FFG for giving us 2.0 cards. Yeah. It feels like it's getting close now. The long wait is over. This weird limbo, like I can finally see the the light at the end of that tunnel. It's like Christmas in summer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It will literally be Christmas in July. I mean, figuratively, but nice try. No. Uh, Literally, Jesus is going to be born in the middle of summer. Right. Slop? You want to slop? Go for it. All of the HBO changes. Oh my goodness, this last week was rough. Um, I don't know if I'm slopping them without seeing where they go, but I know, and spoilers, stop listening, this is your warning, I'm counting from three to one, so spoilers, three, two, one, Barristan dying really hurt. My wife now thinks she's uncool and a grandpa, and that makes me very sad. Wow, that's rough. He killed like 12 dudes. Yeah. The only guy that Jamie Lannister was afraid of, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it changes everywhere that the book has to go. Yeah, it, well, I, I assume that they did it so that they can get Jorah back into her good graces and have him take over. All of when, um, when stuff happens, yeah. 
I don't want Jorah to exist. Well, have you guys been reading the spoiler chapters? I love Jorah. I hate Jorah. Have you been reading the spoiler chapters from The Winds of Winter? No. No, but I think I'd heard before he's in, like, the fighting pits. Hey, 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 guys. Come on. Yeah, he already has said spoilers. Yeah, Yeah, but we're not spoiling books that haven't even come out yet. We're spoiling stuff that exists. Everybody can read these chapters for free on George Martin's website, dude. don't want to read them. Dude, I think you just have to accept. Hi, shirtless Will, giving me the finger. (laughs) You're welcome. That's definitely the one that's getting posted. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) You got to set that as your uh, your picture on the boards, not Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> this just gets better yeah. and better. And and how about the the uh, Unsullied being like the worst fighters of all time? It, like, I'm glad I'm not the hey, I, no, that, that made sense. No, that's like not fair because that makes sense. Why? Because they're not in their phalanx. No, because they've <laughs> got long spears and they're in a short hallway. Like, it's got, you should not be able to fight effectively that, using a long spear in, like, that, a tiny little... That computer. hallway was big enough for that for it to yes, make but, that big of it. But that's just bad direction. Grey Worm had no trouble. Yeah. Yeah, but Grey Worm's <laughs> a monster. Did Grey Worm die? Uh, don't no. know for sure. I hope not. Like, I don't think he did, I, but I hope There's not. no way, because he, he comes and stabs the dude that's about to slit uh, Barristan's throat, you know? I mean, that he could have been the been last the, thing he did. Yeah. But he's got his oh. whole love subplot, subplot, so he can't die. Yeah, we all want to hear more about that. I do. I like Missandei. I mean, I like Missandei, but... And I like their love with no balls. That's what I'm oh. saying. Who cares about this? <laughs> Why? Because we can't see her naked from it? I mean, that's that's legit. That is. No, it's not. It's a cute little love story. I like them together. Just me, huh? I'm 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 frowning and shaking my head. If if you could see. Well, do we not like the Sansa subplot? Because I love the new Sansa plot. Um, we'll see where Jury's that still goes. Out. I'm. Oh, I'm a see, little I really like it. it. I think it makes perfect sense. If she kills Ramsay, I will love it. Oh, that would be pretty gets, sweet. If, I could get if this. Is just more Sansa torture porn. I'll be very sad. Oh, that's almost certain. Sure, we're in for some of that. <laughs> I would like. I'd like to point out the the guy that plays uh, Ramsey has said in interviews that they filmed a scene uh, for this season that made him uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Well, let's just hope he dies soon and we can move on with life. Oh, fingers crossed. I mean, he stabbed me in the or neck. Did, he is that why me they the have freaking Brienne there? Wait, is Brienne going to be there to you know? Is she going to be the one that comes in and kills dudes around Winterfell? Oh, maybe. Yeah. But I like, would that be stupid? I like that giant piles of characters are about to meet in Marine. Collide. Yeah. And giant piles of characters are about to meet in Winterfell. I yeah. think that's a good... like Fire that, and ice, man. Well, but the idea is that they had to seamless... Like, George R. R. Martin had so much trouble seamlessly moving these characters together. And the TV show, for all its minor, well, not minor, for all its character issues, is at least getting characters moving in the right direction, unlike George. Okay, and so how about this, too? They're sending Mace Terrell to Bravos. Yeah. Did, did anybody else get a little excited when they said that Marin Trant was going with? Uh, I was like, I oh, great, Cersei's going to have you killed. 
Oh, is or, that, was that it? Or Arya's got a list a list that she's got to check some names off of. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. No, I didn't pick that up at uh, all. That's, that's awesome. possible. First kill. Mm-hmm. I'll, I can live with that. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I don't know. I'm fairly excited for almost everything except Danny's. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it'll be an improvement over where she is in the books at the at that point. They're going to possibly take him to the... Uh... I I think they're going to replace Marjorie getting, uh, getting hauled off there with him instead. Oh, well, I thought they were taking him to the danger zone. Turn around, there's nothing to see here. Run away, no more reason to be here. It's the ghost who never goes away. Three, two, one. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one, dang it. Yeah, it did. I, I went to just alt tab back to the Chrome window that had the article in, but I forgot I'd scrolled down to the banners, so the quote wasn't actually in front of me. <laughs>